0: Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. So let's jump in. You left us hanging yesterday, uh, talking about what it means to be yoked. So let's press into that.
1: So we've talked a little bit in these last couple of videos about soul ties and what they are, uh, how they're formed. We'll talk a little bit more about in this session. But I want to talk generally about the concept of the connection, the actual tie. Okay. We're, we're going to look at a Biblical term, really it's an old world term called yoked, D- Y-O-K-E-D, and it goes to like yoking oxen together to plow a field. Mm-hmm. It, it was a, a yoke was a wooden instrument that had sort of holes in it. It was two pieces of wood that came together and that were bound together. So you could put together two beasts. Interestingly enough was, One will put a thousand to flight, right? Two will put ten thousand to flight. There's a multiplication that happens when we do come together with people if it's done in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. It's designed that way, God designed it that way. So there's nothing wrong with being yoked together with good, positive, healthy relationships. In fact, it's so beneficial to you more than you realize. Mm -hmm. It's when we are yoked together with unhealthy or uh, let's just say uh, detrimental type relationships or connections where things get really wonky and really messed up. Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple of things for those of you that like scripture references, I, I think it's it's good to give those because we can see that scripture bears out that the yoke is a very serious thing. Uh, there's a scripture in Corinthians that says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers, right? right? Mm-hmm. And it goes on to explain what that means. There's another scripture that says, "Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers." Mm-hmm. Do, don't be unequally yoked. So there's a couple of things we sort of gloss over there. Uh, what does it mean? Number one, to be yoked together with someone, we've kind of explained that. But what does it mean to be yoked together with an unbeliever? Further, what would it mean to be? Un, what does it mean to be unequally yoked? Uh, let's bring it to some modern terminology a lack of compatibility, mm-hmm. a contrasting compatibility, maybe even a counterproductive compatibility or lack thereof. So uh, let me give you an example. There, there's a great scripture. Let me give you a scripture reference. I have to look it up in my book because I never can remember where it is. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 10. Now, when I read this scripture, ladies and gentlemen, I do not read it from the NIV, the NASB, the Yah-Yah-Yah version, none of those. I go straight to that King James Bible. That King James Bible's right, okay? And I, I, do, I do that because I like the language in this version of the scripture right here. It says, Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. Okay? Uh, Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. It is painting us a picture here and giving us a bit of an instruction It's not wise to put counterintuitive beast together or unequal beast together to do a job. You can't make the kind of progress, do the kind of job, have the kind of results you want in life if you are yoked together with something that is going to fight you the whole time. Mm So uh, an ox is a beast of burden. It is known for working hard. You give it a line. You give it a task to do. It's mm-hmm. just going to go do the work. It's just yeah, going to do it very for hours intuitive. hours mm-hmm. on end. Just just work, 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 mm-hmm. work, work. If you, if you yoke two oxen together, you're going to multiply the amount of work you can get done, the, the intensity of the work that you can get done. But if you were to yoke together an ox, an obedient, subservient uh, creature willing to do a job, are willing to follow instructions (laughs) with an ass, ladies and gentlemen, that King James word, I love that King James word, ass. If you were to yoke those two together, you have one that is willing to do the job at hand, the other that has a mind of its own, it's obdurate, it's stubborn, it is going to kick, it's going to claw, it's going to fight you,
0: Mm -hmm. so...
1: If you if you can kind of get that word picture or that image in your mind, and then think for a moment with me. Uh, now I, I I'm going to be careful not to ask you who in your life, but can you think of a <laughs> can you think of a situation or an, an area of your life where you constantly feel like you've got the right idea, you have some clarity on where you need to go. You've been invited by the Lord to a new arena, a new level, a new whatever, and you're you're pursuing that. But you are constantly being tugged and pulled and torn in other directions. I'm going to just pause for a second and let you think about that. Because that is the epitome of this idea of being unequally yoked. What this is an indication of is that you are yoked together with people, with ideas, with belief systems, with possibly some, some wrong theology. It could be any number of things, but you have joined together with something that is going to work counterproductive to the goals, the vision, mm-hmm. the purpose in your life. And so this goes back to our soul tie teaching. Mm-hmm. This connection, this yoking together with unbelievers, okay, is something that we must address. Many of us have all the right the right heart, the right ideas, the right vision, mm-hmm. the right whatever, but we are we have either wittingly or unwittingly partnered ourselves with people, ideas mm-hmm. and things that are going to disallow us to get where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. It's a critical concept to wrap your hands around.
0: Yeah. I, I want to point out here, because I think it's important people recognize, that When we're talking about being yoked to unbelievers, we can also include in that the idea of being yoked to unbelief. It's exactly right. So you kind of touched on that. We haven't talked about that yet, but we will. Yes. So it's super important that you hang in here because a lot of us might think, well, everybody that I'm yoked with is a believer and, you know, all these things. but, But yet I'm still experiencing some of that resistance, some of that. Um, oppression. And, and, you know, again, in, in the counseling, life coaching world, we talk a lot about limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that you're going down this path and talking about how we become yoked, not necessarily, it's not just with people, no, but no. it is with ideas, ideas theology, beliefs. beliefs, all those things. Yeah.
1: So let me give an example of this just to kind of bring this home for you, because that's, that's a, definitely somewhere that I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when the scripture says, do not be yoked with unbelievers. If you really study that out, it, it's not necessarily talking about Christian versus non-Christian or uh, this faith versus this faith. Uh, there is there is truth and there is untruth.
0: It's good. That's okay. Real
1: good. There is there is as it relates to you as an individual, your life, your destiny, your purpose, the things that God has planned for you. There is truth and there is untruth. So now you bring into the mix the relationships you have, the connections you have, the associations you have, the allegiances you have, the alliances you have. And so you have to ask yourself the question, are all of these people, places, things, organizations that I am aligned with, are they aligned with the truth as God knows it to be true about my life and about my future? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because here, here's what can happen. I, I don't necessarily believe that people always intend to be antagonistic or to be counterproductive on our behalf uh, or towards us. I believe sometimes people simply don't have the capacity or in their own journey, they haven't progressed enough to come to a place of belief where they have Mm -hmm. the faith or the ability to even believe with you about something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. what it creates is it creates an imbalance or an unequal yoke. And so what happens is I might be married to somebody who I have faith they love me, they want good for me, they 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 truly want to see me succeed for all the right reasons, but for whatever reason they haven't had the revelation, the understanding, or they haven't developed the faith to believe for the things I'm believing for yet. So now really there's this imbalance in my marriage. They're not against me. Yeah. It's just that they're not for me.
0: That's real.
1: Right? Think That's about real. that. So, That's real. let me take it a step further. This is where it gets really fun. Yeah. Family members, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, I, I will tell you, let me just say this generally, not just family members, but most people that you've known your whole life need you to remain the same person you've always been. They need you to be the person they know you to be they don't have the capacity to think of you in terms of where you're going or who you're becoming. That's good. They become so accustomed to you being the person you are and for them that's comfortable. Yeah, that's Therefore, good. when you begin to stretch that or, or move beyond that inadvertently, unwittingly, they try to reel you back in because mm-hmm. they need you to be the person they know you to be. Mm-hmm. And so again, I find myself in a relationship or with a connection or yeah. in a scenario where there's an imbalance of belief and I have to decide, am I going to, watch, am I going to reconcile my belief down to make other people comfortable or am I going to deal with this unhealthy connection? Maybe it wasn't unhealthy six months ago, but now in my process it's become unhealthy and I need to to reconcile this up to here or if they refuse to reconcile up to where I'm at, I may have to recategorize this relationship and move it. Yeah. As we were talking about in one of the previous episodes.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm doing a series on unhealthy relationships, and I just talked about basically changing the pattern of your reactions. Mm. And one of the things I discussed in there is that often when we're working, and I compare relationships to a machine with the gadgets and the gears, right? So we live our life in reaction to sure. the things around us, and that can either be a positive impact or can be a negative and so when you're in a relationship if somebody is always spinning this way and you decide i no longer want to engage in yeah, this person yeah. i want to make a change to the personality of the relationship and so i begin saying okay i'm not going to allow your anger to trigger anger yeah. and i'm not going to mirror your spirit when you start making that change it, you can alter the personality of that entire relationship that you are having but as you say, like if we go into our past, a lot of times we go back home with our parents, with our siblings, or what have you. There's going to be this alluring to behave the way I did, mm-hmm, exactly mm-hmm. what you were saying. And so it really takes, again, a lot of strength, a lot of courage, a little confidence in who you are to say, look, this person wants to... And it's really not the person, right? It's, it's the spirit of the sure, person sure. trying to allure me into who I was yeah, instead yeah. of who I am. Yeah. So I love that you pointed that out because it's such a... A, a real struggle that i think a lot of us yeah. struggle with when, brad and i used to not to throw brad under the bus but we used to go um, back to his mom's on sundays and I, and I was like why do you not pick up your dishes at your mom's house like <laughs> that's not who you are anymore <laughs> but it's interesting we all do the same thing we revert back to mm-hmm that environment who i was when i was there and who i was when i was there's that going to be that allure and so you have to really be cultivating we talked in the very first episode about that continuum of self-development and really developing who i'm becoming versus who i've been
1: that's right and and, you know this is a little bit of a a sidebar or a rabbit trail to the soul tie issue but it's very much related let me Mm -hmm. explain this to you so one of the things that happened for me uh, about let's see it's been nine or ten years ago now The Lord invited us into a a completely new season of life. I wasn't looking for an invitation. I was quite content with where I was. Mm -hmm. We were having some success. We were doing pastoring a church, doing the thing. And then there was this, there was this invitation, and I my my everything about my heart, my my spirit, soul, everything said yes. I was all in Mm because I really was hungry for what God had Mm -hmm. for us in the next next place. I had no idea. That was going to actually lead us away from what I thought was going to be our future. Mm. It was actually taking us in a different direction. And one of the things I struggled with, Lisa, mm-hmm. was I'm, I'm one of these people, like probably most of you watching, you, you want people to understand. You, you don't want people to misunderstand you. Therefore, you want people to understand. Sure. You don't want people to, to mistake what it is you're doing. You want to help bring—I want to bring everybody along. I want to fix everybody, help everybody, bring them all along. And so I struggled with, man, people were, were murmuring, so to speak, talking, not about us, but, but having conversations about, man, what are the Holmeses doing? What, what's the, I can't, I, I don't understand, I don't understand. And man, it just tormented me to think that they didn't understand or feel comfort in our trajectory or our direction. And one day I was praying about this, and the Lord just sort of like spoke to me about it real clearly. And he says, here's the deal. Let me show you a a picture. And he showed me, uh, me with all these people driving along a highway and for years we were together just hanging out doing the thing. And then he showed me the, the timeline of where he invited us to do something different and we said yes. So we exited that highway, we took the exit ramp and for quite a little while, months, maybe even a couple of years, we were on sort of the service road or what we call the mm-hmm. feeder here in Texas mm-hmm. so we were still parallel on the same where we were on before we hadn't taken a major deviation but we were just kind of hanging out here but we had said yes but the more time that elapsed and the more experiences we had with the Lord along the way that road began veering off mm. maybe 10 degrees mm-hmm. 30 degrees and the longer that we we stayed on our path the further we were away from the people we had been walking with for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said to me, He says, you so want these people to understand what you're doing, where you're going, what I'm doing in your life. He said, but they're not on the same road you're on. Along this path, God's teaching us this and showing us this about Mm -hmm. ourselves and we're developing this idea. And he says, they're not having the same experiences along the way, so Mm -hmm. they can't. It is literally impossible for them to fully grasp and understand where you're at. So good. And it's okay. So good. (laughs) And so that day, it's kind of like this weight came off of me because I was like, all right. So watch this, soul tie. I didn't sever the relationship I had with these people. We can still go to dinner with them. We can go, you know, socialize with them, whatever. Still friends. There's no hard feelings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I had to go in and and deal with the unhealthy aspects of the soul tie that I had where I needed so to fix them mm-hmm. or to bring them along. So I had to reset some of those components of that relationship mm-hmm. so that we could operate healthy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the point is is that all these things are components of soul ties. Now let's talk about this yoke thing a little bit further. Uh, we talked about the imbalance of belief, the imbalance of... of uh, potentially uh, bad relationships. Another thing is if you have a falling out with someone, a major catastrophe or a a bad experience, or you and I have discussed offline certain relationships that each of us have had in the past where things got really unhealthy and then we we, we righted the ship, but there were still these things that were pulling on us. And so what we have to do sometimes is reset the the environment mm-hmm. like we might have to voluntarily leave a job or leave a church congregation mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we and pastors gonna be mad at me but but sometimes we have to to remove ourselves from the setting yeah. where that thing will continue to have an impact mm-hmm. on us and create some distance so that we can begin to heal all these things are yoke related I want to talk a little bit about the yoke in the context of, uh, again, you know, ministry, church, what have you. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, when God invites you to newer pastures and fresher places and, and new dimensions of your life, not everybody, hear me, not everybody that has been with you is going to go with you to the next level. That's something you have to deal with right now. Uh, and so sometimes, the people you have been equally yoked with for a season, a mm-hmm. season in your life that God ordained, it was good. There was a se- to everything. There's a time and a season. For that season, it was good. But when you cross over into a new season, what was equal here becomes unequal here. Mm-hmm. Very important to know that it doesn't make them bad people. There's nothing wrong with them. It's not even about them. It's about you. It's just that God has you going to a different place. With new revelation, new understandings, and and now you have to simply adjust where those people fit. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to say about yoking is beliefs. You can be so yoked with a core belief about Mm -hmm. money, about marriage, about men, about women, about. You can actually have such a deep seated core belief that's untruth, by the way that you are you have a soul tie with a belief. Mm-hmm. You can be emotionally entwined so much so with the belief that if you try to break away from that it just it just sends you reeling. Mm-hmm. Watch for those. Those things will begin to bubble to the top and God will give you the opportunity to, to work with those, renounce those, repent of those and purge yourself of the things that are going to keep you from the next level.
0: Yeah, I'm reminded of uh, Romans 12 too where it talks about the renewal of the mind, right? No longer being conformed to the pattern of the world. And a lot of times that pattern, that grid line that we're talking about is habitual thinking, habitual thoughts, vows that we've made. Um, also, vows and and you mentioned this vows that you've made in regard to what you believe about yourself.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, so
0: I know a lot of people have made a vow. It's like I'll never make it through college. I'll never pass this course. I'll never fill in the blank.
1: Make more money than X. yes.
0: And so those things mm-hmm. are making you're coming into an agreement, agreement, making a vow with an untruth, and now you've become yoked with that. That's right. I, I, That ideology and that ideology then begins to navigate and cultivate the paradigm of your life. So you're becoming yeah. molded by some of these lies. Yes. It's almost, it, I mean, the Bible will call that self-prophetic, right? Yeah. Where we're self-prophesying and and we're saying these things about ourselves and then they become true. Yep. Because as a man thinketh. So is he. So he is. That's right. So. I love that you brought that up because in my books, Enforcing You, Enforcing Purpose, Enforcing Prayer, it's really trying to identify what are some of these, uh, and and I don't use the word yoking, but I love that picture. I I talk about inner vows or Mm core beliefs. But you really are yoking yourself. And so you have your spirit man that's saying you uh, you, you are designed to prosper. You are designed to grow. You are designed to conquer. Every place you set your foot, you shall have the land. I've put a shield of victory in your hand. These are the things that the Spirit yep. says yep. about us. But I'm yoked with this thinking that... I'm a failure. I'm never going to amount to it. There's no way I could pass this course. I'm never going to get to the next level mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. job. And so now I'm unequally yoked, and that causes so much inner turmoil yeah. within us. Yeah. Because, and a lot of times it causes a lot of anger towards God, yeah. because we don't know how to break that inner vow yep. and and get unequal or get severed from yeah. that yeah, yeah. that bind.
1: I, I feel like it's important right here to to bring us back to uh, a metaphor we used. In the last episode so you know we have the the seed you have yes. the womb and you have the product what what that relationship produces so what Lisa's talking about here is, is really very clear is that if, if there is a an untruth that I have come into agreement with so think about this for a second mm-hmm. uh, the Bible says that at the place of agreement it's the only place that we know of that God commands the blessing
0: yeah that's good Psalm 133 yep
1: so mm-hmm. so there is something very powerful about agreement right now watch this though if I come into agreement with an untruth
0: this is good watch Enjoy this
1: good. God blesses agreement meaning he's okay fine so, good. so what happens is I can be praying for more money. I can be praying for a better job. I can be, be praying for the healing of my marriage. I can yeah. be, I can be doing so all good. this stuff, but if, my, if in my soul, which I'm carrying the Word of God here, but the Word may not present itself looking like the Word once it's all mm-hmm. said and done because if my soul is sick, if my soul is broken... If I am tethered to an in, in, in agreement or alignment with things that are not true according to God's plan, his purpose, his word, then what I'm doing God is going to he's going to bless and allow my agreement to produce itself. Yes. And so I have to I have to disagree. But that only comes by revelation. I have to I have to first become aware of the 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 error in my agreement. Then I have to renounce and repent of that agreement. Then I have to watch, replace that with so truth. Good. So good. And so there, there's a process that we do here that is so important. But I'll tell you, man, don't underestimate the, the soulish, uh, the, the power of the soul as it relates to belief. Let me just put, finish that thought by saying this. Uh, if God speaks a word and I begin pursuing something and I become pregnant with that, now I'm carrying it in my soul. I'm filtering truth potentially through untruth, and expecting it to come out as truth. I <laughs> want you think about that? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm receiving a seed that's perfect, but then I'm 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 allowing the the broken part of my soul to govern. It's the governor. I call it the governor. It's it governs truth, and and it's going to produce in my life and in my body the the most most often it's gonna produce something that doesn't look like the truth that God sees. Yeah. And so we've got to deal with that at the soul level. It's such a big deal. Yeah,
0: and this is, uh, for those of you who haven't seen any of my episodes on the enforcing prayer demonstrations, or if Mm. you haven't gotten my book, Enforcing Prayer, it's not just about taking a verse and declaring the the prayer. It's also then taking the mirror, so you know I've done my mirror demonstrations, and then looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, Lisa, you are. And so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to shift that soul around, those I am statements. So again, I'm coming into an agreement with what is true, not what I've experienced, not what I'm feeling, not what I'm thinking yeah, yeah. but rather with what is true so that I love that you put like so that the governor right which is the soul realm comes into an alignment comes completely yeah. into an agreement yes, and so I I get to overcome that internal tension and I also want to repeat what you said because I, I think this is so important I want to make sure nobody missed it and that is God doesn't bless what you're agreeing for Mm-mm. he blesses the agreement the agreement and this is so important. And I'm I'm just going to give a free marital tip. <laughs> <It> <laughs> because is better, we're experts. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is better for you to agree in something that you don't agree with. Mm-hmm than it is for you to disagree and constantly be in contention right. because God blesses agreement. He blesses yes, he unity. We see evidence of that. You know, We talked about Psalm 133 where it says, for there God commands the blessing. But we see evidence of that in Acts chapter 2 with the outpouring of the Holy Ghost when it says that all the people were in one accord. Yep. And that phrase there in the Greek is the idea of if you were to take a vote, it would have been unanimous. unanimous. That's right. It would have been unanimous. Yep. And so now is that possible? Some some people might be watching and going, that's not possible. It's not possible for me to come into an agreement with God says about me. It's not possible for me to come into an agreement with my husband or with my spouse. All things are possible with God. The possibility was in the Spirit.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: It, the possibility was in the Spirit. So if you're trying to force your mind, force your... Just by trying to talk yourself, reason yourself into, well, all, all of these things, that's not going to work. That's why I do these demonstrations in that the authority that you have to look into your soul and say, soul, you are out of alignment. Yeah, that's right. And I'm going to grab a hold of you and I'm going to pull you into what is true. You can and you should do that by the authority of Scripture, through the power of the Holy Ghost. And there's the same thing in coming into an agreement with People that you're out of alignment with. Now,
1: tag I'm it. Okay, Okay. so I want to I want to add something to that real quick. Uh, There is great power in confession, Mm -hmm. as as you're talking about Mm -hmm. here with this exercise. Uh, There is, and depending on the world you're coming from, it could be confessing the word, it could be positive affirmations, it could be whatever you want to call it. The the point is, is that uh, you need to be speaking truth. But here's here's the bigger picture that we don't often talk about. There is this principle in Scripture that it is one thing to... I, I know a lot of Christians that know all the right things to say. Right. In fact, they have a whole list of 25 right. declarations they do every right. day. All right. They can <laughs> they can name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, believe it, receive it, but they never get anything because <laughs> there's a disconnect. They know what to say, but the disconnect is between the words and what they believe. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart. So here's my thing. Be, be wary of just simply getting into the ritual of confessing. I believe in the ritual of confessing. I, every day I have affirmations, declarations, confessions that I make. But I have to be, and I believe that over time, there may be the discipline of pressing through unbelief mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, get to belief. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you've got to reprogram your mind a little bit to get there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But But where the power shows up, where the freedom comes is when there is no disconnect between what you are saying and what is in your heart. That's good. When you when you can connect the spirit and the soul in a healthy relationship, the product is always going to be a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's the key thing: is yeah. make sure that your words match your heart. Yeah. Because if you're just spewing words and you don't really believe it, yeah. you to be like most people in the world.
0: Yeah, there's a fine line between faking it until you make it and faithing it until you become it. That's right. That's so a very exactly fine right. line. Very well said. Very fine
1: line. Let's let's talk. Uh, let's end this episode by teasing okay. a little bit. Okay. So, uh, in our in our previous episodes, we've touched on various types of soul ties. We've talked a little bit about the concept of relational soul ties. We talked about some allegiances that we can have, alliances, covenants that we make, or contracts that we enter into. Maybe even in business relationships, those can constitute soul ties. Uh, I have a business partner who is not of the same faith that I am. I'm, I was very conscious entering into that relationship that there was a, a significant difference there prayed about it really thought through it and then knew in my heart that it was the right thing to do so but I was I was conscionable about getting into that relationship uh, but all these things we have to look at okay if you're if you're fully aligned with someone who is really contrary to where you're trying to go you can have a problem but I believe you, we, we can have relationships with people that are not just oh, like absolutely. us right but here, here's my thing too. Uh, there is this idea, most people associate uh, soul ties with sex and sex only. When, when they hear soul ties, they think, well, if you have a sexual relationship, you have a soul tie. It's true, but it's not the only kind of soul tie. I covered all the other ones first because I wanted to hold soul ties for the last. And in our next session, we're going to talk a little bit about uh sexual soul ties, the ramifications of those ties, how serious they can and and usually are, and then we'll talk a little bit about how they are sort of uh, multifarious in the way that they spread and and affect us from various angles in our life. And then we're gonna talk about, most of the session's gonna be on how do you address, acknowledge, and, and break these soul ties, and become free from them. So I hope you'll join us.
0: Awesome. All right, you guys, from this episode to the next episode, you know what I'm gonna say, remember enforcing purpose. It starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.